0: Welcome to the podcast for ballerinas, adult ballerinas, parents of ballerinas, and everyone in between. I'm your host, Georgia Canning, also known as the Balance Ballerina, and it's my mission to break down the elitist barriers often associated with ballet. Through my own studios and ballet-related businesses, I'm all about providing space and content for people from all walks of life to experience and enjoy the many benefits of ballet. Each month, I'll bring you industry leaders and thought-provoking guests who will hopefully inspire you to lead a more balanced life, full of grace, with a little grit. Hello, ballerinas. Have I got an interview for you today? Today's guest is the gorgeous Kate Histon, who owns a dance studio in beautiful Byron Bay called Dance Dynamics. For our overseas listeners who might not know where Byron Bay is, it's home to some of the most beautiful beaches and holistic practices in the world. Growing up, my family spent many summers staying in the caravan park by the beach in Byron, and it's always held a special place in my heart. Now I come in contact with studio owners all the time but the reason why I wanted to interview Kate in particular is because I followed her studio story on social media for quite some time now. I resonate a lot with her teachings, her practices and overall studio philosophy. So I selfishly set up this interview so I could meet this incredible woman face-to-face. Kate is incredible from the moment we met she poured her heart out and we connected as often studio owners do because it's a bit of a lonely job and after about an hour and a beautiful tour of kate's stunning studio we sat down to record this very special episode i'd also like to thank kate for being so beautifully honest about her own personal experiences as a young dancer i personally know that it definitely takes guts as i often do it myself But it's also important because it's how we learn and by sharing these stories, we all learn something new and we learn what to avoid and what to practice. Now, I did it again. I forgot to ask Kate what her top tip for leading a balanced life is. I only have one standard question, guys, one job to do, and I keep messing up. I'm finding that when I'm completely engrossed in the conversation, I try and wrap it up because I know I could keep talking to them for hours and then I forget to ask the one question I'm supposed to ask every guest. Anyway, I asked Kate what her tip is and she gave me five, which I love. Exercising outside the dance studio was the first one. Kate actually does F45 like me. Maybe it's a dance teacher thing. We love jumping around to the music. Uh, Second of all was delegation. She says that this has freed up her headspace immensely. She then said cooking, which I'm a big fan of, although I'm not very good at it, but I do try. Getting older was another. She's found that as a real big positive um, addition to her life, as she's found that as she gets older, she can handle more. I'd learn to say no more confidently without feeling guilty. And finally, number five, lots of cuddles from her family. Now, let's get to my chat with Kate Histon. I have been really excited to sit down with you, Kate, mainly because I think we have a lot in common. Um, and after meeting you just briefly then, like we, we definitely have a lot in common. So I've been following your dance studio, Byron Dance Dynamics, for a while now. And we certainly share some common interests and philosophies. Um, about how we want our studios to run so I'm absolutely thrilled to meet you in the flesh Um, thanks for coming yeah no problem your studio is beautiful I just got a tour it's so lovely and then you also have I'll just quickly say because it's the start that you do have adult classes so if anyone is in Byron (laughs) I know I have lots of adult ballerinas that listen they should definitely come down to Byron and come check out one of your classes Um, but first of all what is it like having a studio in one of the most beautiful
1: places in the world I probably take it for granted I've <laughs> had a dance uh, owned a dance school since I was 19 so um that's almost 20 years and it's been it's been my whole life as you know you train when you're younger to be a dancer and um it is uh, it's it's all I know having a dance school in Bombay, Bay it's very beautiful it's one of the most it beautiful is. places in the world and the culture here is very different yet very community-based and I'm very lucky.
0: Yeah well that's what I was going to say like do you think that having um, a studio in a you know such a special place like Byron Bay has that helped build such a holistic and kind of balanced you know dance community? Look
1: I, th- I think so. Um, <laughs> I think that it's
0: a bit of a loaded question.
1: <laughs> no yeah I think that the The dance schools was definitely not necessarily shaped by Byron Bay, it was slightly, but more so shaped by my background in dance and um, my own personal struggles when I was younger as a dancer, and how I wanted, how I really had wished my ballet experience had been, is how I really shaped the school, and then it it just so happened to be that it was in Byron Bay. Funnily enough, I was um, teaching for Marie Walton Mann in Newcastle. I was actually teaching the full time as meditation. Oh, wow. <laughs> so actually that was, I don't know if you remember, Jenna Roberts who won the Genet back in, it would have been 1997. So she was one of the students in the class. And so I had done my full-time training with Marie in, sorry, I did 96 and then I was teaching the meditation in actually 1999 it was. So with that, I found that there was a real void for ballerinas full-time in actual real performance psychology, relaxation, meditation and some more holistic uh, techniques that can help dancers really just survive the competitive environments because that's something that I struggled with. And so I had decided not to pursue a ballet career Actually the day Lady Diana died, ninety seven, <laughs> doing the GIO. GIO scholarship. Wow. <laughs> and that was the day I was doing Lilac Ferry and after I got off the stage I had resided, I'm quitting, I'm done. So. so So
0: did you hear of the news of Diana's death and then you were like, I'm done? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that morning, that morning we were driving from Newcastle to Sydney.
0: Because you are so for um, for the listeners, so your um, dance background started in Newcastle. Yes.
1: I was a yes. Teessaimo student for ten years and then two years with Marie, one of those years full time. Yeah. so
0: a lot of um, a lot of my listeners will know um, if they don't, if they go, oh, why Marie, what why does her name ring a bell? So she is progressing ballet technique. That's right now. Yes. yes.
1: Yeah, so I was full time with Marie's daughter Veronica, and um, still very good friends. And it was a, a, Marie had a fantastic school, and it was um, yeah. What she was, your was school like? She was very. Our year was the very. It was the first year that's in the centre now. It's now National College of Dance, so we were the first full time students there. Marie is just a very inclusive, loving, organised highly efficient human being with a heart and a soul and a good yeah. brain and um I, l- I like
0: her a lot I've yeah. done the progressing ballet technique um course and yeah I got that vibe off her she like really genuinely
1: her. has a need to help people and I just think that she's a very authentic person so it's because of her that I'm here in Byron Bay yeah. I was teaching full-time I'm um, sorry the full-timers meditation and she had I was at a barbecue at a house one day. She said, Kate, there's a lady in Byron Bay. She's rung. She is teaching a handful of kids, um, putting them through their RID exams. She's after someone to take over. And I, at the time, was studying, don't laugh, uh, Reiki, massage. (laughs) That is (laughs) so Byron. (laughs) But I hadn't really heard of, I mean, I'd heard of Byron Bay, but I didn't really know it was this healing place. Yeah. I'd only heard of it because a friend visited there once. Um, And I said to Marie, oh, no, I don't think so. And I walked to my car and I had this... So I was learning all this spiritual stuff and learning to be a bit open to opportunities. And because I had been studying that whole concept of just saying yes and being open, I turned around, walked back inside and said, actually, Marie, can I have that lady's phone number? I'll ring her. And so I did. I went home and I rang her... And her name was Suey, and she owned Byron Academy of Dance. And she had decided to shut off the ballet and the tap and everything and just focus on the um, – sorry, not the ballet, the jazz, and just focus on the ballet. And she'd had it for 10 years, and she was yeah. just preparing to shut it down and but didn't want to uh, leave the little ballerinas in the lurch. So, yeah. yeah, I moved up. Oh, wow. And so then did you take over from her essentially? So she, I literally took over 18 students. That's all she had left. She had over 100 and she'd run it down and there was 18 and I didn't buy it off her. She, I just inherited 18 students. There was nothing yeah. really to to sell yeah. at that point. And um, yeah, I, the, the one thing which was funny, I didn't want to tell her my age and it was all fine. <laughs> and then when I finally told her I'm 19, she... <laughs> <laughs> she panicked, thought, oh, my goodness. What am I doing? Yeah, <laughs> what am I leaving my – I said, it's fine. I just said, I've got this and yeah. moved up and, yeah.
0: You were very – I mean, know. like things like meditation are so popular now. Like mm. you were you were quite early in adopting that kind of philosophy and having a, a bunch of ballerinas and teaching a meditation. Like that that's, would be a lot more regular now but certainly not back then. You were very ahead of your time, Kate. <laughs> I think
1: I needed it. I was pretty, you know, <laughs> not to sound – um, disrespectful to anyone that is exploring the spiritual world but there's usually a reason why people are drawn to that and I yeah. was really struggling with having quit ballet and I felt um, internally lost and I was anxious I was quite depressed in my final year of training more because I felt like I Looking back now, I just think I almost needed a bit of hand holding and confidence, just that yep, you can do this, yeah, because I really didn't believe I was as good as what I was, and it wasn't until that I'm now a teacher and I look back and i I'm not attached to being good or not good, it's just it was an experience, so I look back and think, "Oh my gosh, I was beautiful, and I can really enjoy looking at old videos of myself without. Feeling like something wasn't good enough, but really um, getting teary for appreciating my lack of seeing the grace and poise I had as a dancer and those little intrinsic gifts that that I just didn't appreciate at the time. And it was my high, high sensitive side that I do have that was also... Something that was a gift for me as a dancer, and um, you know, it's hard to see that at the time. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: I mean, it, yeah, I I can totally relate. It's yeah. really funny when you look. I think, and I mean, dance does attract that kind of person that's so critical of themselves yeah. and so sensitive mm. to crit, you know, critique. And and it is funny when you look back at videos of yourself, and I do the same, and I go, oh my yeah. god, like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, was actually really good. Yeah, <laughs> Like, I just, I wish I had enjoyed it more. Do you yes. know what I mean? So I think yep. you sound really similar in that regard. Yeah. But you, you it's probably s- the
1: age for it, isn't it, as well? Yeah. A teenager. <laughs> probably. Yeah. You have to be, a you know, highly accomplished already by the age of 15, 16, and then, and then, expected to have this um confidence head on your shoulders as well it is quite a lot of pressure
0: yeah and so you said that you know that was a real driving force for you creating and cultivating a dance studio with a with a supportive community and with a different mindset what do you think you do differently at you know at your studio at that maybe you wanted to see when you were growing up
1: in all honesty i think when i started dance dynamics the little wounded girl and me was driving a lot of the school and that's changed as I've gotten older so initially I I wanted the students to feel really good about themselves and to Mm. um, which I think is important but also being a younger teacher I probably struggled in terms of finding a comfortability with within myself as to how far to push a student to experience their greatness as a dancer but I also think that's probably a bit of an age thing too. So I think initially when I started the school, um, it was all about building self-esteem and n- having a standard. The challenge was to how can I have a quality, a high standard without it being um, an all or nothing experience and something that can be inclusive. The children can also have a lifestyle and it not yeah. just be... I'm a dancer and if you're not a dancer, you're nothing. And that's I think that's probably how I felt as a teenager. And I didn't want my students to feel like that in my dance school.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm a hundred percent on board with that concept and that challenge. Like I find it challenging Mm. too. How do you set a standard Mm. and this is what is expected of you? And you of course, you know, you want to produce beautiful little dances but not at the cost of hurting their self-esteem. So it's yeah. constantly like a, a yeah. balance, isn't it? It's yes. really hard. <laughs> it
1: is, yeah. it is. And, and it's something that I feel like as I've gotten older, I'm less scared of hurting their feelings because I also know that if I communicate in a way that is not disrespectful, that it's respectful of who they are as human beings and um, I'm coming from integrity, I also can be firm because I have their best interest at heart, as long as they... My job is as long as they can see that I am coming from that point of view. Yeah. Um, and it works that way. Yeah. I even had yesterday, we had a...
0: It's being tough from like a heart-centred place. <laughs> yes. yeah, and, yeah, and Not from a mean... Yeah, yeah it's hard to explain. Yes. Da- many dance teachers will be going, yes, I understand.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, so look, and I had... Uh, Tessa Wanda being my first ballet teacher um it was very fear-based it was in she was a very tough teacher I her methods of teaching were were very fearful <laughs> and very competitive and yeah. so for me um that was a very stressful environment and I don't know how I stayed there for 10 years Um, and she's considered one of the best ballet teachers in Australia and she's a very very good ballet teacher and I know it was different times then just the level of communication was not one that I would like to foster for my child.
0: Yeah no I agree and it's it's very difficult because there are they they do get away with this fear-centred approach yeah. to teaching because they do produce such beautiful yes. dances. Yeah. But I do think how long are they going to last? Yeah. Because you do see a, a lot that a lot of those kinds of teachers that are still yeah. teaching like that today, even though I don't think it's as accepted, yeah. um, they do produce really beautiful dances, but they might get a contract overseas and they don't last yes. <laughs> because they're, they're just worn to the bone yeah. mentally and physically. So, yeah, it's a it's a... It's a hard one. I feel you. I, I your still pain. haven't
1: watched Black Swan. Haven't I you? I can't bring myself to watch it. Oh really? Oh, it's not that bad.
0: It's. I just see. I just look at it as total fiction. Like. I okay. Just, yeah. No. It's actually. I just, Maybe I should. I just watched it for Natalie Portman because I love her, and she does a really good job. Like for someone who's never done ballet. Like. Yeah. No, it's a it's a it's a good one. Okay. You have to watch it. Okay, I will. It's, no, it's 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 fine. It won't bring back any traumatic. like <laughs> – any traumatic experiences um now I want everyone to know that not just a studio owner um you are also a neuro linguistic programming coach a regular consultant to many dance teachers and schools and um, you also frequently contribute towards publications dance publications on top of being a mother
1: yeah I think
0: that's amazing Kate congratulations (laughs) (laughs) but I wanted to explore a little bit um more on like your you know consulting and stuff with your students and or other teachers and and stuff so what
1: do you get up to there? Well basically I developed that um when was it what year are we in it was 2007 I dabbled in and became qualified in what's called the Martini method and that is um, basically uh, John Martini's created this form of helping people dissolve emotions yeah. and get clear and focused and so I spent about four years really studying that work and becoming certified and I just found that it helped me with my teaching of my own students and feeling like there was a bit of a void in my own probably background with learning i just felt like it's something having the communication skills and tools and assisting kids and even teachers to actually manage the emotional side that can come up in dance and it's also about managing people's expectations and so i feel like as a dance studio owner that made me much more effective in managing and dealing and communicating with Mm -hmm. clients people um teachers and so getting involved in that i started to consult and have one-on-one and a few um groups as well with helping people even owners of schools run their schools just helping because it with is problems that can come up
0: yeah it is something that a lot of studio owners do yeah. struggle with you know because yeah. they might be a fantastic teacher or they might be a fantastic dancer but but that business side of being able to communicate your yeah. the vibe of the studio even just day-to-day yeah things that need to be communicated they really struggle with that side so I think that's really yeah really interesting
1: yeah the NLP part is is a little bit different and that's also been helpful. More so I find in terms of helping students just with visualization and reframing some of their thought patterns and um, all about moving forward and goal setting. And so that's been very helpful in, in that way and helpful for students too. Yeah. Um, but I think look in terms of studio owners, it's also one thing that's helped me is every time there's been a level of chaos Within my dance school, I just create a new policy, and that's been it's just well, let's work on the structure. How can this operate better so that we so that there's less emotion involved? So, yeah, you know, we'll get a all right, let's create a complaint form, let's create, you know, like it's so <laughs> yeah. it's just so constantly that, reevaluating and it's just evolving that way. And I find that structure also helps um, iron out any. Emotional stuff that can come up (laughs) because I
0: dance is one of those things, isn't it? It's just highly emotional. Yeah, highly emotional, and it's it's. I think it's great that you're doing that work because as a as a fellow dance teacher, you're not just a dance teacher or a ballet teacher. I feel like it's slash psychologist slash you know mentor slash all these things that are dealing with because I think maybe I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I kind of feel like maybe because dance is so physical. And you know, when like you've got a class and a child might be going through something and cause it's so physical, all of a sudden they're crying and you're like, oh yeah. my gosh, why? Yeah. And then you realize it's got nothing to do with you. Mm. It's just such a physical expression that, that emotions come out yes. and you end up having to deal with things that weren't on your lesson plan for the day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, what would your, like, if you had to pick kind of maybe, I'm like putting you on the spot no, here, but ahead. if you had to pick like three tips for a dance teacher on, on dealing with that kind of thing in class, like when emotions do come up or, you know, being that dance teacher slash psychologist?
1: <laughs> well, me 10 years ago would say, it would have a very different answer for you yeah. for me now. My answer now would be that it's not your job to resolve the issue. Yeah, It's your job to manage the class and also manage how the issue, the child's issue can be best um what's the good word can be best sort of managed also in accordance with the structure of the class so not because yeah. at the same time you wouldn't want to give that child too much mm. um importance in a way like um to it take does, over the class yeah. you know what i mean yeah. so there's also it's also good for the kids to learn appropriateness and at the same time if there is something oh i'll give you an example i had a student that came into class she'd gotten off the bus she'd been severely bullied by a boy and she was in the 10 to 12 year age bracket and she came in there was a couple of minutes at the beginning of class and she was just so teary and so at that point it because all the other kids had known and were were on the bus as well Mm. there was a little bit of a circle slight forum and that was appropriate and when we spoke about bullying and 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 we all gave the thinking on your feet some (laughs) some good little tips on how to manage this this silly little boy that you know was name calling and yeah and I think in that in that context taking a couple of minutes out of the class is something that's also good for the kids and their development because um if if children are witnessing someone crying as well or some level of conflict they also for their own psyche it's good for them to if they're witnessing it, also see a resolution because they're yeah, going to get something in that it. as well so they can feel that sense of ease that everything is also okay and can be put back in their place and they're learning a life lesson just through observing someone else. So yeah, it is hard to, I suppose, answer that but Cause, yes. Because it is a bit
0: hard, isn't it, because you don't – you can't pander to it too much because no. – then everyone will go oh i get miss kate's attention oh, if i start crying yes. so it's really difficult i sometimes find see we've got a window that yeah. looks straight into my studio yes. and sometimes if there's a child if they're upset or something i will deal with it by you know especially if you're right in the middle of something okay just sit out for a second i'll, I'll yeah. deal with you in a second like yeah. you know and people are like oh she's a bit cold it's yeah. like no if you've got 20 kids in a class you yeah. can't you yeah. know you have to deal with it when it's appropriate to deal yeah, with absolutely. it I yeah absolutely i think so i would
1: sit them out and put my hand on their back and let them know i'll be with you in a minute and 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 then go back to the class yeah that's really nice though that
0: it's that you took that moment in that example to sit in a circle and talk about bullying and stuff because yeah it's it's i think that's how kids learn too because sometimes i find um even parents will say to me oh if you say it georgia she'll listen (laughs) and so that's nice too because yeah you know we have we are their role model. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think you're a beautiful leader. Like if, <laughs> if I was a parent, I would most certainly want to send my child to you. i oh, um, very kind. But yeah, no, like what what do you, do you think it's really important to become like a leader within your dance community?
1: Oh, I've, definitely leadership is something that I... I even had to revisit for me this year, the 20th year, my own leadership with for myself in my life and yeah. the dance school. And I think that it's something that's really healthy to revisit every year. You know, how am I being a good leader? What do I think a good leader is? And being a good leader is also about having good boundaries and mm. and good boundaries for myself included. What Couldn't agree more. Things I will and won't um I don't like the word, but put up with or, you know, things that um, even good boundaries for basic things is getting to bed early and then going and exercising. And I know that when I do those things and look after myself, I'm a good leader. Um, Leadership in terms of trusting the students, putting responsibility onto them to practice when, you know, we've got exams looming. So um, making, ensuring that they are practicing and that everyone is is being responsible so if i'm responsible and i'm doing my bit i'm organized then our dance school manager our admin our teachers if everyone is organized and responsible i think that that's also a really good ground floor for developing good leadership within people Yeah. and obviously then communicating and knowing that our job as teachers is to get the best out of our students so how do we do that in a way of communication the words we use um the way we feel when we're teaching as well will impact the way they feel when they're learning so being really aware of our own mood and um it's essentially leading by example yeah I I remember having I remember having
0: a teacher who was highly emotional like I don't know if you've had one of these teachers before in your dance life but one of these like this particular teacher would come in one day and she'd be like depressed and the next time she'd be ecstatic and the next time she'd be just like somewhere in the middle and too self involved yeah and I just remember (laughs) thinking I know I know that when I started teaching I was like I just know that I don't want to be anything like that and so no matter what has happened in my day like one of my goals whenever I walk into the studio is to be the like I mean within reason everyone's gonna have a bad day or, or a really amazing day but be consistent with yes. your mood yes because yeah i think that's kind of really important. no that's
1: very true for yeah. sure you know speaking of that though it's yeah. also really easy um to when when you are learning and training as a ballerina there is a high level of self-involvement learning yeah. to becoming your own critique on your technique so a lot of teachers that are used to that looking at themselves internally looking at technique it can be quite easy to become a self-involved person and not necessarily Mm. um, thinking of the student and thinking because being a dancer and a teacher, they're just two very different things as well. Very different. I think that's also why there's a lot of fantastic
0: dancers that aren't very good at teaching. No.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny having this school for so long. We've had some amazing teachers teach here. We've also had some amazing dancers high profile dancers teach attempt to teach And you you
0: go, Oh my God, this is not working. Absolutely. I have had the exact same experience and I think and you know
1: really good for guest teaching but not regular weekly classes.
0: And and, you know what's the worst? I'm sure you've probably experienced this when you're like talking up this guest teacher and they've you know, they've usually come to you. I'm looking I'm touring around, I'm guest teaching and you get them in and, you know, the kids are paying X, Y, Z for this workshop and you're watching in the corner just going, oh, my God, they have no idea. Like, this is so disappointing. I thought they were going to be better, but they're yeah. an amazing dancer. And thank God in those situations, at least the kids get to watch them demonstrate the choreography, and yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. But when it comes to actually teaching it, yes. it's completely –
1: It's hard for them because it's not what they hard. do on a regular basis. No. Yeah.
0: No. Yeah, no, I agree. But, like, so you obviously do a lot of things – that and and I try and do the same that deal with and and help assist a, a students' you know um, mental health, yeah in conjunction with their dance training. One thing that i I do find a little bit difficult sometimes is is it's easier in the studio, outside of the studio a little bit, so when you're dealing with parents and stuff, so how how do you manage the dance mum in your studio? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, sometimes they can be really hard on their daughters. I
1: feel like I'm a highly, highly qualified person <laughs> yes. to, to talk about dance mums. I love my mum very much. I'm She was a complete dance mum. The opposite of my mum. <laughs> opposite of your mum. My mum's a lovely human being and what yeah. it was for her was she had four children. She's um, highly efficient. Uh, she was at the time a, um, a stay-at-home mum and she put all of her love and everything into me, <laughs> and I did have three other siblings, and oh, so just so,
0: all on you. So
1: yeah, I danced, and so for me, I you know jump in the car, and lots of questions about how dance was, and mm. she. I I think it's really important that mothers, you know, at a Steadfords do not critique their children. I'm leave it for the teachers leave it for the adjudicators the mum needs to be a soft place to fall and a cheerleader that's
0: that's a really and I
1: can tell you if you are critiquing your child and trying to teach them wait till they're in their 20s because it'll turn around on you and it will be a hard relationship (laughs) (laughs) my mum and I are very good now but it took me a while and and um it was very stressful and very heartbreaking and I and it's hard for a child to articulate that it's really hard. I see because they're your mum. It is, and yeah, they get, you know, it will turn around. And it's I get quite sad when I see mothers start Instagram pages for their little talented children, and I just think, <laughs> oh <laughs> my goodness, I'm so sorry, but I just can't advocate that. I I feel yeah. highly, <laughs> I feel highly affected in a yeah. really negative way by that. I just think it's not appropriate. It's and not. um you know the children I'm sure they're absolutely talented look but for me having lived it having actually been that child it's really hard and it's I feel like it's damaging and just please mums be careful that you have really good relationships with your daughters and do not be their teacher yeah. let their teachers teach stay out of the private lessons and leave it for the teacher yeah <laughs> it, yeah it, it,
0: it can be hard I mean I I mean, I recently just did Mother's Day interview yeah. with my mum and one thing we did speak about was say I did my solo yeah. and no matter if I placed, if I didn't place, I'd get in the car and mum would say, how do you think you went? Excellent, excellent. And I think that is the key. Yep. But just to give like a stark example of something opposite like Mm. for example why did you feel so bad like what what would your mum ask you (laughs) would she ask you or just tell you
1: no my mum didn't ask me she would um struggle to even talk it was it was really hard for her so she would either critique me or silent treat me and it could last a little while yeah it was very painful yeah um so and I think that my mum was a young mum i know she was a young mum we've spoken about this now and we've gone through hell and back together yeah and she's a really good human being but it's something that she was just so overly invested in my dance experience and she did want me to do well because she also felt that she didn't get that opportunity when she was younger and so there's many mums out there that do feel the same they want their children to be so good well noticed And I just think that that can really breed some toxic relationships between mothers and daughters that this industry can actually really be one that (laughs) is, can be supportive of the unhealthy relationships, but it's people like yourself and bringing awareness to it that can actually just help mums just be a little bit aware and realise that the most important thing is their relationship with their child. Because they do have the best interests at
0: heart oh, and do. we completely yeah. understand that. And and even though I don't have kids, I understand that. Yeah. I understand the heart is in the right place. Yeah. But I do find that living vicariously through yeah. your child never no. ends up, you know, a good choice. Because say, for example, you turn around and you say, I don't want to be a ballerina anymore, mum. Yeah. It, it, for a child who's had so much pressure from her mum they're not actually going to feel free enough to say that or yeah. to or to change their path. And yes. I think that's really dangerous.
1: Look, my mum paid me also a lot of compliments too. Yeah. It's not that, but th- there was just too much involvement. And at, look at my dance school right now, Byron Dance Dynamics, we don't, I don't seem to attract the dance mums. Yeah, they're neither. really lovely. <laughs> and also... Um, i if if i you know every now and then we may get a mum that's quite involved they don't seem to last long at our school they'll go somewhere that's that um has there was a school at a competition a couple of years ago it's so funny and I went backstage and all their mums, I couldn't believe it, were side stage and it was a group section. The mums were the side mothers, stage? The mothers, of the kids in the group. There was about four or five of them. Oh, my mums wouldn't even and think I, about that. <laughs> I, if they were out, like our, our mums wouldn't even think to do that. They have yeah. really good boundaries and their daughters are highly talented in our rep groups. It's, it's, yeah. it's, but they they just wouldn't do that and I found it quite bizarre that, there were these mums at this other dance school and they're all just there side stage. And I just thought, mm, it's just not healthy, <laughs> I don't no, think. No, no, there needs to be that, that boundary. And, mm. and that's, the,
0: that's the teacher's role.
1: Exactly. Especially
0: if, you know, we're talking about competitions in Estedfords, that's the teacher's role to, to be yeah. side stage and, you know, you're the leader of the team.
1: Exactly. Um, that, would
0: all, that would almost be like if your son's playing footy, yes. that would be like the parents being not on the sidelines, like on the field. Oh, <laughs> It's, that's the equivalent they
1: were and they were cheering and oh, wow. it was quite entertaining
0: <laughs> that, that would be very entertaining very entertaining um I just quickly kind of want to know what what is your view on a child who wants to be a dancer so when when you have a child come up to you with their parent maybe and yeah. miss Kate can we sit down and have a chat little Lucy wants to be a dancer yeah what's your go-to
1: chat um well if i've if i thought that they were talented enough um i would probably entertain the conversation i've had students for instance i can just give examples um that i have uh, had a student once who really wanted to be a ballerina and i pulled the mother aside Hmm. and said no it's it's not no (laughs) i'm not one to kill dreams but this is no yeah your daughter would be really suited to commercial jazz and if i was you i'd guide her in that direction yeah um and i don't feel like it was my role to have that conversation with the daughter because she wasn't emotionally ready Mm -hmm. so i had that private conversation with the mother Mm -hmm. the daughter's doing really well now and she did follow that my advice and um i would i normally meet with parents for coffee first without the child and i was just um and have that conversation about what where where they're at where i what i feel they need structurally to improve also um with their attitude that's a big thing and their mindset if unless they have that um real ability to take on critiquing and really work on it work on what needs improving and improve and that they want to i think that that does show that they do want it whereas a lot of the kids especially around 13 14 it's a bit of a fantasy still and they think they want it but they've got no real concept There's of no what that's like then. so i actually asked this question to a psychologist at what age what age do kids sort of really know what they want genuinely and can um conceptualize that 16 is the age so mm. um this lady advised me that younger than that it's still in a fantasy phase and they yeah. but 16 is the age where they really will start to um actually understand what it is that they're wanting before that they just want it but they don't actually understand it and that's that is part of the brain development at that age yeah. 16 she said See, I'll sit with the parents, give my honest, honest, honest feedback and then advise based on what, where the child at is or what full-time school would be good. And it's very different um, for each child. One of my students last year, um, Amelie, she just, she's in National College of Dance now in Newcastle. Mm. Coincidentally, that's obviously where I went, but... That had nothing to do with it. She also tried a few other schools that were really good schools and it turned out that this was the best option for her. We had another student scout last year who... um, Um who tried a few different schools in Sydney and the whole family moved down she's now at Macdonald wow. College and that suits their needs as well it's still yeah. maintaining a high level of uh, academic achievement is important for the child and that's where they are now Yeah
0: Macdonald uh, College seem very good at yeah. that, you know yes. making sure they're still getting through their exactly. study and in a not just do it yourself way like
1: I think so very much
0: facilitated.
1: So I think speaking with the parents and all you can do as a teacher is offer your experience and guidance and at, but at the same time I do – it depends on what values the families hold and if they also want to move because we're in Byron Bay and and some of them – Yeah, that would be really difficult. There's a lot of moving.
0: (sighs) Doesn't it break your heart when the student has the best mental attitude but they just do not have the facility, especially for something like ballet? It just breaks my heart because I'm like, oh, my gosh, like this kid has the best attitude, you know, if they – but they've got – shorter legs and they're not you know and they've got feet that don't point and you're like oh it's just it breaks my heart because you know they you have to have i think if someone comes to you and they're like i'm going i would like to be a dancer yeah it's so difficult to deal with that because there's so many compartments that the components that have to gel and work and marry for that to happen
1: yes exactly like
0: and i always say like I had the legs and feet, but I didn't have, in the end, the drive to put myself through that. Do you know what I mean? Whereas other people had the drive and they didn't have the legs and feet and you have to have – you know, that's putting it very very basic, but essentially you have to have so much in your favour for that to happen. And it is a tough – I find it's a very tough conversation to have with parents because, yeah, they do sometimes think that their child has everything – yeah. Um, you know because because that's yeah. what you do they're your child yes. they're special I get that like yeah but you know you have to really like break it down and be quite brutal about it yes yeah it's really difficult I
1: found that in my experience of speaking with the parents most of them I've never really had any that have been unrealistic yeah um, in terms of their bit they're willing they really know that they are this is the next step they're sacrificing a lot for their child to go full-time so they do mostly want to hear it straight and they want the yeah. guidance and they've been well, pretty good. receptive and good i haven't struggled with any of my students that have gone full-time and yeah. um yeah so no it's been and that, some of them have gone and then realized that it's not for them and that's their own struggle but getting their um the communications and the providing that pathways has has always been a pretty good process, yeah.
0: <laughs> one one reason why I think um, we're really similar is that you also have adult classes, yes. And if you're like me, which I think you are, the reason I love adult classes is because you. I have students now that have actually graduated or left, or and yeah. now they come back as an adult and they yes. still get to experience dance. Like I don't know about you, but when I finished, I mean I didn't have. Um, any interest in teaching as you know when I finished um, because I was still quite young and there wasn't I feel like an opportunity to attend ballet classes casually but it's like growing in popularity and I love that yes Um, and I just keep I I hope that like keeps continuing like how how do you do you love your adult classes like do you do you just enjoy that aspect of it
1: well it's very new for us so we've um we we've only just recently had some of our students re, um, be the returning. In Byron Bay, a lot of a lot of kids actually leave um, after high school, yes. and more so than anyone staying in the area, because education is much better in the city um, yeah. universities. So oh, that makes sense. So a big bunch of them actually go on. They go overseas. So we don't we don't see them. We, we've recently had one one return. Hi, Lucinda. <laughs> <laughs> Lucinda's returned, and she's. Um, it would be in her late mid to late 20s now and she's uh, a paramedic and so she's actually moved back in the area for work coincidentally yeah. so she started our adult program and it is she loves it absolutely loves it and yeah. it's also incredibly emotionally fulfilling for me as a teacher to have her back she's like my little friend you know she's an yeah. adult now and
0: the relationship uh, changes yeah, doesn't it does it. change
1: yeah. and it's funny because when I taught her this is when she started back in 2003 I was a lot younger and I it's you know at the time I didn't have my own Byron Bay family and they were a little bit like family you know without being family still had good teacher boundaries but so it's really lovely having them back as well and we had another a few yeah adult classes are a wonderful thing to be able to offer the community
0: yeah, that's why I, I completely agree. It's, it's really good. It's a, it's a part of my business that I, I love so much because I think that a lot of the time dance and especially ballet is viewed as if you're not studying to be a professional ballerina, yeah. why bother? Oh. Like I have some adults yeah. that come back to me and they're like, oh, I had one recently. She came back. Um, she came into class and before she walked in, she stopped me in the floor and she goes, I went to the doctors the other day and he asked what I was doing. You know, it was just a yeah. checkup and he asked what I do for physical activity and i said and she goes and then i said really excitedly i do ballet yeah. and he was like why the hell are you doing that yeah. like you're too old to be doing ballet and what's the point yeah <laughs> pun intended my probably goodness. not but yeah. um but yeah he was like what's <laughs> the point of doing that and i it's like my mission like that, yeah. that's the whole point of this podcast really <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's like it's, it's a real mission to you know like a like a surfer um, that so you know surfs on the weekend. They call themselves a surfer. And yeah. if a, if your dad who golfs every weekend, he calls himself a golfer. Like why can't your adult ballerinas
1: be a dancer? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You know what? I <laughs> I even need to hear that for me because I I find it really <laughs> hard to call myself a dancer. And I look. So I, do I. And I preach it. <laughs> okay. This is a confession. I get judgy. I do. I get judgy on myself and others that are teachers. That no, yeah. like, you're not a dancer anymore. You're a teacher. Yeah. And I actually think that's quite. Um, not necessarily healthy. I'm getting older, and I'm realizing my like it's harder. My body hurts more. I've got more injuries. But Kate, I don't want to let go of the dance room. Me, I know. You're a dancer. So I'm now. Now I give you permission.
0: (laughs) I give you permission. But no, I totally get it. I'm the same. Like a very simple thing. I remember changing my Instagram handle from Georgia Canning to the Balance Ballerina, and as soon as I did it, I went what have I done? I'm not a ballerina. Who can I call myself? Like, how can I call myself that? And I was, yeah. yeah, but I was like, I'm not like, I yeah. instantly, even yeah. though I practice ballet every single day, teach ballet every single day, like, yeah. why can't I call myself that? Why was I so uncomfortable mm. with, with making that decision? And then yeah. I was like, no, just leave it. Just don't think about it. And then I, you know, talk myself out it? of it, but, yeah. but,
1: Okay, I give you permission. Kate. I totally need permission. You need permission, <laughs> but do you, you know Instagram what I mean? So, dancer.
0: but that's yeah. <laughs> Kate, the dancer. But that's but that's what like that's the whole point of this. That's the whole point, and the reason why, like, Mum said to me, my Mum said to me today because we we made a trip of this Byron trip. We yeah. stayed down last night, and we've had a nice dinner, and and um, next time, yeah. <laughs> Mum's sitting in the corner. Oh, you're not reading anymore. She was reading a mum <laughs> oh, <laughs> was supposed to be reading in the corner but what was the point of my story I have yeah, no made idea and trip. I oh mum said to, me. Said said to me, me what did you say to me about dancing oh mum goes what what what's different about this lady that we're meeting today oh. what's different about this studio owner you know because there's so many studios around why do you want to interview Kate and I was like because she's she's like the Byron version of me and Aww. I feel like she's created that like holistic environment where whether you're 85 or whether you're eight there is a place for you here yeah so I definitely
1: think, I think well that's what we want
0: um, that's what we want in our industry I think and
1: that's what we want our adults to. Feel when they're here, and even for us, they're not out of place. Yeah, Yeah. and getting the marketing and the message quite clear is really important as well. So people Mm -hmm. do feel safe to come and and give it a go. So
0: in regards to marketing, you're like me, where I market. I have my GC Dance social network, and I have my Two Times network. So it's all very separate because I feel like adults kind of get slumped into the kids stuff, and then they don't feel as comfortable because I know that women who have come to my studio. The reason they love it is because they are treated like an adult, yes. whereas there are a lot of studios out there that are putting their adults in with the kids yeah. because, oh, we don't have the numbers or yeah. or we'll put them in with the senior girls. And, and they feel stupid because they feel out of place, yes. whereas you need to, and whether you're starting, I there was a class that I had, our Thursday nights was, was the quietest class of yeah. the week and it was level 2 adult ballet and i reckon we had two people three people for like 2 3 years like wow. it was tiny yeah, but i yeah. was like no we're running it oh, that's and so you good. know and it's still yeah. our quietest class of the week yeah. but there's now like i was saying 12 13 in that's it that's
1: fantastic so
0: i feel like if you are a studio owner and you do you know if you I mean a lot of people don't like yeah. teaching adults i personally love it and yes. you probably do too yeah. but if you do want to go down that adult path like you just got to be really persistent with it and create a special place for yes. them because they deserve a special place
1: and it's such a beautiful thing to be able to dance I mean I'd much rather dance than go to the gym
0: me too (laughs) I mean there's so many and so many ex-dancers that you know didn't that dance so much as a child because you know you pour so much into it as a child that it's really sad that you're kind of like forced to give it up yes so
1: and I do do feel like they, they hit that age around 16 17 when they realize it's um you know they don't want to be a dancer that And then they get the boyfriend and they get the job and then it's (laughs) almost like dancing's uncool because it makes them feel like a little kid or, you know what I mean? So they need to get away from it to feel a little bit grown up, but bring them back. It needs to
0: be, it needs to be as acceptable as practicing yoga. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, Kate, where can we find you on social media so everyone can...
1: We've got a few. We've got Byron Dance Dynamics and then we've got Byron Dance Dynamics Adults and then we've got Elev- <laughs> a new one, Elevate Dynamics, which is the... I was going to ask
0: you, what's that about?
1: That is... Um, I had one. I cha- I had it on my Kate Histon one. That was, And then that was Elevate. And then I couldn't decide what I was doing with that. So then I created the Elevate just to separate the brands. But that's pretty much the mind-body connection gotcha. with performance. So its target is for dancers, athletes, people that are... Goal orientated to actually help them with their goals and move forward, and yeah, and that's the what we spoke about at the beginning—the NLP and the Dini Martini method, and
0: yeah, consulting and coaching—that one is ah okay, so that could essentially be really useful for anyone anywhere. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. More more people in our industry probably yeah. is the best target. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean
0: like not just you don't have to be in Byron. No, <laughs> yeah, no, so yeah. no, no. So if you're a, if you're yeah. a dancer and you're really interested in um, yeah the information that we've been talking about today that might be something to check out yeah because not everyone's in Byron or not everyone's in this state no, that's or right. actually in this country so <laughs> that listens which is pretty cool I can't even believe that we have people it's that aren't in this that country you're doing listen, this. So. yeah thank you <laughs> but yeah it's been a pleasure meeting you Aww. and giving me thanks for giving me a tour of your studio
1: thank you so much for taking an interest in what we do it's very flattering thank you oh, and what you're, you're doing is great you're welcome <laughs> thanks Kate thanks bye I hope you
0: enjoyed listening to that just as much as I enjoyed sitting down with Kate. Isn't she just such a strong and incredible young woman? That's one of my favourite things about doing this podcast, meeting strong, wonderful women who, are, who aren't afraid to be vulnerable in the best sense of the word. As always, have a beautiful week. And if you find value in the Balance Ballerinas podcast, please don't forget to subscribe and rate the podcast as it keeps this special project alive.
1: I mm-hmm.